Rich Dad Poor Dad book came out and I read the book and I learned all this stuff and I didn't know like you know the difference between an employee and self-employed and business owner and investor the cash flow quadrant mm -hmm. so so that's why I went to a seminar because Kiyosaki inspired me and and he said that you know formal education could, could get you a job but specialized education like going to conferences and seminars carrying you a fortune. Welcome to another episode of That Changed My Life, a podcast where real people share their personal stories of transformative moments that altered the course of their lives. In each episode, we'll dive into the personal stories of individuals who have experienced transformative events that shifted their perspectives, sparked newfound passions, or led them on unexpected paths. From life-altering decisions to chance encounters, our guests will candidly share their journeys of transformation, growth, and self-discovery. I am your host, Alex Lovely, a real estate investor and life coach on a mission to discover the extraordinary ways in which our lives can be forever transformed by a single moment. Brad Sumrock, the apartment king, man, it's so great to have you here. Thank you for saying yes to being on this podcast show. So this is the That Changed My Life podcast show, and I know you've changed so many lives and you've impacted so many people. So I want our guests here to get a chance to know you. And so why don't you just share with us a little bit, if I was to ask you, who is Brad Selmrock? How do you answer this question? Well, I'm super excited to be here, Alex. Really, really excited. And who is Brad Selmrock? It's, it's crazy because like, like... I never in my wildest dreams that I think I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. Like I'm just a regular guy came from, you know, my parents never finished college, uh, didn't come from money at all. And, um, you know, just kind of got into apartment investing 22 years ago and just changed my life. And I, I love lifting up people around me. So I love, you know, sharing how I was able to quit my job. I love sharing and helping other people do what I do. And it just lights me up, man. It's, it's, uh, I love lifting people up around me. And that's really what my life is all about. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask me why I teach and, and mentor people and stuff like that. And it's really just because it put, it fills up my soul, you know, and, and that's, that's a big part of my life. It's a big part of my identity. I mean, it's not the only part of my life. You know, I, I, I love, you know, having friends and family and all that type of stuff. I don't have kids, but I just, I just love, um, being able to impact people. Yeah. And, and that's the best way that I could impact people. And, you know, growing up, we, we didn't have money. My parents fought about money. So just being able to, you know, kind of fix the money problem in my own life and being able to help other people do the same thing was just, it just lights me up, fulfills me a lot. And that's that's my passion. Love I love that you started right there at that and not all the accolades. Now, we know you've had great success in the apartment uh, industry and in buying apartments. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, but I love that you teach people. You know, I love that you teach people. And, you, and, and I think of all the big time apartment guys out there, you're super down to earth. And I, and I just love the way that you carry yourself and your vibe and all your cool gear that you're always wearing um so you know <laughs> so thank you again just to, just to be here so let's go a little bit into um some of the 
your accomplishments and your journey in real estate. I think a lot of people are really going to want to hear that. Well, it's crazy because when I started, I had no, I had no real estate investing experience when I got into multifamily. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of people start with single family or small multi units, duplexes, fourplexes, and then kind of work their way up the ladder. And you know, I went to college, uh, got one degree, went to got another degree, an MBA, never really made it in corporate America. Like I was, I was like the epitome of average, <laughs> which is crazy. Like I was told I didn't work hard enough. I didn't come in early enough. I didn't stay late enough. I took my lunch hour. I took my vacation, you know, and, um, got fired once, got laid off once. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you about more about it, you know, later, but, my first investment property ever was a 32-unit apartment building. Yep. So, um, you know, I went to a seminar. You know, I had a mentor, and that's why I'm really big into mentorship. You know, I love mentoring people, as I mentioned. I have lots of mentors now. Like, I, best investment I ever make is myself. It's, you know, second best is apartments. <laughs> the best investment is the the investment that you can make in yourself. Yeah. And that, And that's how I got into it. You know, I, I bought 32 units and never looked back. Now, did you do that 32 units? You did it by yourself. How can you just walk us through that first deal that you did? Yeah. Well, you know, just just to complete part of the uh -huh. story, it's like I was actually studying for my third degree because that was that was my framework for success. You know, it was go to college. I became an engineer and my dad never finished engineering school. We finished three years, not four. And so I became an engineer because... You know, I, I would hear stories that my mom and dad would, would fight about money. And my mom would tell my dad, like, if you would have just finished your degree, you would have a better life, you know, and all that type of stuff. So did the engineering degree, did the MBA, and then I'm in my early 30s and I'm studying for the LSAT. And then the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book came out around, you know, 1999, 2000 or something like that. And I read the book. And I learned all this stuff that I didn't know, like, you know, the difference between an employee and self-employed and business owner and investor, the cash flow quadrant. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why I went to a seminar because Kiyosaki inspired me. And, and he said that, you know, formal education could, could get you a job, but specialized education, like going to conferences and seminars, carrying you a fortune. So that's how I got into it. And yeah, the first deal I did you know, the mentor that I had at that seminar, he owned his own apartment buildings. He was not syndicating at the right. time. He owned four he owned four or five deals. Each deal was 50, 60, 40 units, something like that. And he told me, he said, Brad, take as much money as you have and buy as many doors as you can under one roof. And I had saved $200,000 from my corporate life, worked 14 years in corporate America, and that's what I did. I put 200 down and I got an $800,000 loan and bought 32 units and, and pretty much self-managed it, which I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that anybody do right now because it yeah. sucks, but I did it. You know, that's that, that was the first deal I yeah. did. Now, so you started in your early thirties and you bought your first one with no yes. prior experience and, and you've been in the game for about 22 years. Um, for somebody else that is coming in brand new and you've dealt with lots of brand new people what's your first step that you tell people that is trying to make this transition they see the light they see the possibility but you know how do they get started 
Well, I'm going to tell people how I got started, and there's different ways to get started. But the best way to get started in anything is to find somebody that's done what it is right. you want to do and, and learn yeah. from them. It, it just collapses time frames. Like anything you do, you can figure it out on your own, or you could work with somebody that has experience that could kind of hold your hand and guide you through the process. And there's different models for that. And so that's how I started. And, you know, I went to a seminar. They offered a mentorship program. I bought it and it worked. And by the way, I was the most skeptical person. You know, I came in thinking like, what am I going to learn? I'm an engineer. I have an MBA. Who is this guy? He cusses like a sailor, you know, didn't even have a degree, probably had a GED of that. And, and, um, Next thing you know, I want to have him mentor me, and he has a program for that. And so, you know, that's that is an amazing way to get started because you're you're basically look you're going to pay one way or the other. You're going to either pay with money or you're going to pay mm, with time. I love that. Or you're or you're going to pay with mistakes. You know, so um, that's that to me is the best way to get started. Awesome. And so you do multiple events throughout the year. I know you're huge on mentorships and you put on these events how how do you how did you transition from doing apartments to now like now your focus is a big focus is on mentoring people right yeah so i i got into apartments you know i started doing deals with you know with with a mentor and 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 the other thing they had not only did they have a mentorship they had like a community of other investors that that were also in the same mentorship organization and so i i hung around with people you know they say you become like the people you spend the most time with so not only did i have a mentor but now i have this new peer group of people reviewing apartments so i'm doing bigger and bigger deals i end up quitting my job within three years so by the time i'm 38 i'm financially independent from corporate america never went back that happened in 2005 and the guy that was mentoring me asked me to join his organization is like one of his junior mentors. And at first I'm like, wait, like I just quit my job. I'm retired. <laughs> but then I'm like, but I'm 38. What am I going to do with my life? Like I'm, I'm not going to just take up golf. I'm not going to sit on the beach and drink pina coladas. I was 38, not 83. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so I, I joined this team. And, and I became one of the mentors of his organization and ultimately became moved from Houston to Dallas and became the number one guy in Dallas, you know, in his, in his organization and led their whole program. So that's how I got into mentoring. And then I actually left his organization in 2012. And, and when I left, I, I just thought I'd go back to do more apartment deals, which I have continued to do. But after a year, I was really missing, you know, the the mentorship business. I was missing, you know, helping other people. It was, again, doing deals. It puts money in the bank account. But when when other people do deals and make money and become financially free, it was like putting deposits into my soul. So I missed it. And guess what I did if I wanted to learn something? The same thing, I found a speaking coach. I found somebody that helped me brand and market and advertise and language and position. 
I remember in 2012 and 2013, I went to California seven times and took the same two-day workshop seven times from this guy that was teaching me how to speak and yes, how to, how to make an offer, you know, and how to sell and how to, uh, you know, you got to learn those things. If you're going to be a speaker, if you're going to do events, you know, if you have a program that costs money that requires an investment. And so I learned it and, and I, and I still have mentors today. You know, I have an apart, I have apartment mentors that are two or three levels above me. You know, I have mindset mentors like Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins. I have a, a speaking coach because I, I want to keep getting better and better with my messaging and my languaging. So like, look, man, I put my money where my mouth is. I don't just tell people that are getting a mentor, but it's like, I got, I got mentors. I've spent you know millions of dollars on mentorship. Wow. Yeah. And it seems to be very in line with what everybody else, uh, you know, every successful, successful person in their industry. I think this is a very common theme is everybody goes and says, you got to find mentors, you know, find mentors, find the program, find something that you can focus on and start to learn. And, um, and, and compress time. And, and I love that idea. Yep. And I've also done the same thing, you know, just everything I do, including going to the gym. I mean, going to the gym, I'm like, I need a, I need a personal trainer. Keep me accountable at least. Right. So yeah, right. I think, you know, you hit the nail right on the head right there about that part. And so thank you for sharing that. Um, moving towards a little bit from your mentorship and from apartments, you also do a lot of charity work. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it became a big part of my life. And again, nev never in my wildest dreams, like, you know, I was making 10K a month in corporate America, and I don't know how I was getting by because I was probably spending <laughs> 10K a month. You know, it's like you we, you, you tend to, your your expenses when you when you have sort of a fixed income, you know, remember the day, I don't know, did you ever have like a corporate job? No, now, which I, I, I actually like, have not, but I was an entrepreneur from the yeah, start. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, that's incredible. I, I, I admire people that, that, that do that. Uh, that wasn't me. And when you have a job, you have a fixed income. And then maybe it goes up 5%, 3%. If you do a great job, maybe 7% a year. But generally speaking, it's a fixed income. And that's why people like Dave Ramsey are so popular because they, they talk about the way to, to wealth is by reducing expenses, yeah. right? But when you're in a field where you have unlimited income, it's a totally different ball game. You know, it's a totally different ball game. So, um, you know, it's funny. I got down this path. What was the question again that you asked? How me? did you get, how did you roll into <laughs> charity? How'd you, how, how did charity become yeah, a thing, oh, right? Charity. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll make it 10 K a month thinking like, I, I don't know how I'm getting by. Right. Cause I have a house, a car, I want to travel. I want to have a decent life. And I just never thought that I'd ever be doing charity, you know, and people say, you know, pay 10 or 20% to charity and when, you know, whatever you give comes back to you. And I heard that, but I just didn't believe it. Um, but what happened is we start doing more and more deals. We start making more and more money. You know, we buy a deal, it goes up in value. We sell the deal. Now we have double the amount. We put double in, we sell it. Now we got 4x then it's 8x right so we start making more and more money and then we launch our education business too and that's profitable so all of a sudden we're making all this money and we're paying all this tax because you know i go from ten thousand a month you know you're paying 35 40 percent tax like you know here's your w2 job here's your tax payment Rip. that's it 
you know, now I got all these deals and making all this money. I got all these gains. I was focused so much on income that I wasn't focused on tax saving strategies. And I got to the point where I don't know if you ever heard this before, but I got to the point where I paid almost a million dollars in taxes in 2017. Wow. And I met Tom Milwright, a good friend of mine. That's Robert Kiyosaki's CPA and also yep. mine now. And and he's helped me reduce that to zero. So five years in a row, I haven't paid any federal tax uh, legally. And I'm very proud of that, by the way. And so what I did was I said, you know, I'm going to start diverting them a lot of this money that I was paying in tax to charity. And so, you know, we, we contribute a lot of money to charity. We've been to Nicaragua. We've been to Ecuador a few times. We've been to Mexico several times. And, you know, my mom died of Alzheimer's and I really thought about funneling money into that, but I just, I just couldn't put my brain around like where the money goes, you know? And I met a guy that was, doing this charity where they buy wheelchairs for people with need, mostly in third world countries. And he was like, Brad, it's 150 bucks for a wheelchair. Now it's like 225 because of inflation. Right. But like one wheelchair changes the life of the recipient dramatically in some of these countries where $200 is a fortune to them. And some of these people have never had mobility their whole life. Or they get into an accident and they don't have the right medical care and they lose a, or they lose a limb or they, you know, whatever. And so whether they're teenagers or children that have been born with, with without, you know, being able to have a, a mobile life or somebody that gets injured and doesn't have access to medical care, you give them a wheelchair and now they have a whole new life and it changes their caregivers because, you know, some sometimes you have three, four, five, ten people taking care of somebody that's right. not mobile. So I got into that, started doing raises, and we would match dollar for dollar. So like if, if our students or people at our events would contribute $20,000, then would match $20,000. All of a sudden, we're funneling, you know, first it was 10, then 20, then 50, then in the last six months, by the way, the last six months of 2012, we put 300 Fifty four thousand dollars into the same into the charity just in wow. six months. Twenty twenty two. So now, yeah, the last six months of twenty twenty two, we just just that six month period alone, we have three hundred fifty four thousand dollars that we wow. contributed. Um, and and now we're one of their biggest donors. We get invited to go on trips all over the world to experience it. Because let me tell you, given the money or the chair changes the life of the recipient but when you're there in person and you put that person into a chair that's never been into a chair it changes your life because they they're just like to just see how grateful they are and they you know sometimes i've had a lady tell me in spanish she said you know i'm 98 years old i don't have much time left on this world but when i see god i'm going to put in a good word for you because you're doing good work wow Games and it's like, right there. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, wow. it's incredible. It's incredible. And they hug you and they kiss you and they hold your hand. And it's just like, wow, like this was 200 bucks. Like this, you know, I could have just went out and had a, a nice bottle of wine. But, you know, here we are yeah. in Mexico in a small little town. And, you know, the last one we did, it was in February. 
and I have a mastermind, as you know, and I had 160 people in Punta Mita, Mexico, and we organized for my entire mastermind with the local rotary clubs there that we know. And we went out to this small town and we had 160 of our mastermind attendees also participating in a wheelchair distribution is what we call it. It's a giveaway, but you know, they're, they're shipped there uh, in advance. The rotary clubs find families in need. The families come in. It's a big thing. The mayor is there. I mean, they never saw it. This little town never saw 160 gringos all in their little town. Like we weren't in Puerto Vallarta. We were in this small little town called La Panita de Altemba or something like that. And you know, a poor little Mexican town on the Pacific coast. And there's 160 Americans that are all coming in to give away wheelchairs. And they're blown away and they're so excited and they're so grateful. And they have a parade and a, like a you know military <laughs> salute and sing the Star Spangled Banner for us. And it, it's it's cool. But you know, yeah, it's yeah. fun. And then we, and it's like, oh my God, your heart just goes out to these people that that thank you so much for putting them into a chair. Dude, so I love that it. That is amazing. And you know, that that's just so cool. I love I love that. I never really hear anybody talk about their charity work like that. You know, I initially I thought you were gonna say to offset some of your taxes, you donated to charity and that's how it came and it and and it's not. And so I No, we 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 I came from a scarcity mindset with money. Like I used to think money was scarce and I just never had the mindset to contribute. Mm -hmm. and, and then when we started making money, what, you know, and I already explained it, but when we stopped paying tax. Now I felt an obligation to do something. I felt a moral obligation that I need to make a difference. And, and, in mentorship, by the way, I make a difference with my students. And, you know, we've created hundreds and hundreds of millionaire apartment investors, but now we're also making a difference with like complete yeah. strangers, total strangers. That's awesome. So what would yeah. you say is, you know, you got apartments, you got mentorship, you got your charity work. What's uh, what, what are some of the most fulfilling things for you? Like when you wake up in the morning, what drives you to get out and, you know, go, go, go win the day again. Well, I'm just excited. Like, okay, I take care of my health too. Like health is a big yep. component. Um, so I, I like to get up every day and the first, I don't schedule any business until 10 <laughs> o'clock yeah. in the morning. And I just love to have the first few hours of the day, like for me doing something healthy, doing yoga, going to the gym, going for a run, walking on the beach, you know, where we have a home. I'm currently in Dallas right now, so we have two places. Um, so I, I I love taking care of myself because now that I'm 55, like one of my hobbies is longevity, and I follow people that are on the cutting edge of, you know, longevity uh, topics, yeah. you know, health and food and you know things. So that's like. Of course, you know, when, when you start coming to terms with your own mortality, you become more interested in longevity. Right. <laughs> so, so that excites me and being healthy and having energy, it excites me. People that meet me always say how much, wow, you have so yeah, much energy, but I, I, I love doing events. You know, I, I do like, like, I feel like I love winning by the way. Like, you know, winning is more fun than losing. Like I, I, I just. I wake up every day thinking about like, how can I make today a great day? Right. Honestly, 
And sometimes that's, you know, having personal time, you know, sometimes it's, you know, exercising, it's traveling, but a lot of it is, is fulfilled by, by my business, you yeah. know, really. If we look, if we kind of look at our lives and I'm going to ask you this question about impact and, you know, what has impacted you greatly in your life? And we know there's the, the real estate side. There's a lot of people that know your story. Is there something else in your life that has impacted you greatly that you don't, I guess, often share with people, maybe not on stage or, you know, on other podcasts, get an exclusive over here? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, sure. I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, my parents, my, my parents impacted me a lot. You know, sometimes people might think it was negative because you know, they didn't teach me to be an investor, but it's like, if my parents, like my mom taught me that I could be anything yeah. I want, you know, she taught me that I could be any, I remember when I was young, my mom believed in me so much. She used to say I was going to be the president of the United <laughs> States. Like my mom just believed in me so much. She was the big thinker in the family. Um, my dad was so conservative, you know, with his profession. Uh, he was an employee his whole life, uh, very conservative uh, financially, and never took risks. And I learned a lot from that, like what not to do. But I can also say my dad was the hardest worker that I've ever seen. He worked two jobs just to, you know, keep my mom happy and keep us four kids hey. happy uh, and, and make sure we had everything we needed. So, like, my dad taught me the importance of hard work. And, and my mom taught me that I could be anything I want to be, That's all. you know, um, that was a big, big influence in my life. And when my mom passed in 2015, I, I felt like I lost my best friend. And when I talk about my mom, it, I, it still tears me up. Um, so, uh, Tony Robbins, I, I share that a lot. Like Tony Robbins has been a big influence in my life. Um, I went to a real estate conference in 2006 and there were three keynote speakers. One was Robert Kiyosaki and he was the main guy I wanted to see because his books changed my life, but I had never seen him in person. And then the second one was Donald Trump. And this was when he was really popular for his apprentice sake, like yeah, your yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. Remember that saying? And the third one was Tony Robbins. And I didn't give a crap about Tony Robbins. I would see this guy at late night TV slick hair, big teeth, selling in, you know, infomercial stuff. And I'm like, I kind of just hated that guy, yeah. you know? And so I go to the conference and, you know, they, they have like the speakers that actually trade real estate, but then they get these big keynote speakers so that thousands of people show up, right? Like that's the event business. Uh -huh. So I hear Robert Kiyosaki speak and I'm like, oh my God, like he's so mean, like, you know, he's not, he's not Robert, the speaker is not Robert, the author. Like he's calling people losers for saving money and all this stuff. And by the way, he's not mean. Like I like Robert personally. Like we became friends. He like, like I love the guy. He's got a great heart, but like he could come across as me sometimes, yep. you know, he was a former Marine. He was like, and then Donald Trump was entertaining. Um, as always, you know, he still is uh -huh. by, by the way. Uh, I think so. But when I heard Tony Robbins speak and he was the, he was the one I 
didn't go there for the least or the one I went there to see the least, but when I heard him speak, I just felt like he was speaking like into my soul. Like, and there were 3000 people there and I'm thinking, man, he's speaking to me. And I ran and I signed up he does a four day event and I signed up for it. And, and I've been, I'm, I'm actually in two weeks from now, I'm going to be at Tony Robbins house in a mastermind. Like he's still one of my mentors, you know, and I'm going to be at his house with, 40 or 50 other people. And I'll just tell you, it's 150,000 a year for this mastermind. Wow. And it's like the fourth year in a row I'm in it. Cool. I, I think, uh, you know, yeah. Sounds, sounds interesting. Sounds fun. I want to be, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very cool. What do you guys do there? And Tony, cause Tony, well, Tony talks about like getting the most mm -hmm. out of life. Like, so business is a piece of life. You know, health is a piece of life. Your relationships, you know, with your spouse or your children or your family and your friends, that's a piece of life. You know, your finances is a piece of life. You know, your your hobbies and your interests. So, you know, if, if you're interested in just maximizing life, which everybody should be, like Tony's a great mentor for that. Like he's not limited to one healed so i've had i've had better relationships because of tony including the one with myself you know i've had better health um better way of thinking um more clarity about what's important in my life yeah. um have helped me made more money um you know and he's got a system for for a lot of this stuff so he's not just like a motivational speaker you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's been really powerful for me. Yeah. So for, for somebody to kind of get a glimpse into what life could be for them, you know, I want to go back a little bit more now cater to some of the, the people coming into this space, the courage to take, you know, it takes to step into it, to quit their nine to five jobs, to join a mentorship, to, you know, all, all these other steps, it takes courage and it takes some some level of clarity and you know to do that what would you say to these people uh that, that are making this transition or that wants to yeah look it all it takes is a decision and a yeah. commitment you know i i and, and i'm not going to get it right but steve Jobs said something like you know we, we we tend to try to connect the dots going forward, but you can only connect the dots after you've done it. Like when you've done it, you can look back and say, here's everything yeah. that I've done, right? Um, you know, Tony would say it a different way. Tony Robbins would say, like, if you focus on the how, like, you know, our, my net worth is 100 times what it was, 100 times what it was 20 years ago. And if you think about that, it's like if, if in your job, you're going to have incremental growth, you know, you might get, you, you might get to keep your job. You might get a 3% raise, a 5% raise and 7% raise. Maybe years you don't get raises. Maybe you get fired. Maybe you get laid off, whatever. Um, but, you know, and I'm not saying that you can't 100X in corporate America too. Like obviously somebody has to be the CEO of, Apple or Walmart or Amazon or whatever, but most people and, won't. Okay. You know, middle management, you know, whatever. But in apartments, everybody could win. That's the cool thing is there's no like, well, there can only be one winner. 
you know, there can only be one multimillionaire. Right. No, like everybody could win. And that's what I love about it. That's why I love teaching because, you know, everybody could be a multimillionaire. And, and what it takes is it, it takes a decision. And I would also say, Alex, like, don't quit your job in the beginning. Like, I mean, right. unless you have a spouse that could cover your expenses or something. Mm -hmm. But like, if I was making 10000 a month, when I started, if I would have quit, I had to go from 10,000 to zero right. and then, and then I'd be living off my savings. And then when I find that 32 unit deal, I don't have money to put as a down payment. So like what I did for three years is I went wire to wire, meaning like I'd wake up, I'd go to work, I'd look at deals on, on my lunch hour. I'd work till five. I'd look at deals on evenings and weekends and lunchtime. And I, I was willing to do things for a short period of time that most people weren't willing to do so that I can have a life that most people don't mm -hmm. have, you know? And, and so for years, I, I just say I went wire to wire and now three years into it, I'm making 10,000 a month from my apartments and 10,000 a month from my job. I was able to walk away from my job without missing one penny. Mm -hmm. And then I had more time and it freed me up. And then I started doing bigger deals and started growing even faster. Yeah. So it, it took three years. I feel like in today, today's kind of what's going on with all, you know, with you and some of the other mentors out there teaching it, people kind of have like an expectation that they want to get into it and like they want to quit and they want to change their jobs and they go right into multifamily right away. And everybody's syndicating, doing a bunch of these deals. This is not, you're not going to be able to make the type of money you think you're going to make coming through. And, and some people can't handle the grind. Is there like on your, in your journey, like how, talk to us and tell us a little bit about the grind that you had to go through. I only, I never use that word, the grind. I know what it <laughs> means, but I don't know. It just doesn't come, it doesn't come out of my mouth easily, okay, okay. but I mean, look, it's, it's not all roses and unicorns. Like you gotta, you know, you, you. You got to find deals. You got to analyze deals. You got to make offers. You know, if you're syndicating, you got to raise equity. You got to learn marketing and branding and advertising. But the cool thing is, is like, and I'm I'm going to level with you. Like, it, it's not just my opinion. It's my direct experience. If you're willing to like be a, be a, a the, the people that do the act the active work in the syndication, we call the general mm -hmm. partners. Okay, the people that are just putting up the money and don't do any of the work are the passive investors. And so one way to do it is you could be the sole general partner. And and what that means is you have to, you know, find the deals, you know, underwrite the deals or analyze the deals, you know, make the offers. You'd have to raise all the equity yourself, you know, post-closing. You do all the asset management, capital uh, improvement management. And that's a lot for one person. Yeah. It is. It's a lot. And so, like, what, what, what I realized works really well. And we do this a lot in the Subrock community, in our programs, is that people meet each other and they figure out like what is their superpower. Like, and some people have, you know, they love networking and they love and they have a big network of people, you know, and and they could raise money from people. And other people love numbers, you know, and they love underwriting, right. you know, and some people love, you know, building relationships with brokers, 
and and getting deal flow okay so and some people love managing the assets you know they love managing rehabs and managing assets and stuff like that so like what what if you could you know when i started i bought 32 units by myself so i'm doing everything but what what i realize is there's certain things i like to do that i'm better at other things that i hate to do or that i suck <laughs> at you know so so now what i do is i'm going to say hey here's what i bring to the table in a syndication and i'm going to look for syndication partners that value what i bring to the table you know and if if they already have what i bring to the table then they don't need mm -hmm. me so i'm going to try to find somebody that doesn't have what i bring to the table so i can come in as a valuable partner and in a sense, do it part-time, but do the things that, that I add the most value in. Yeah, that makes, makes sense? complete sense. Yeah, and, and when people are new, they say, well, how do I add value? Well, the simplest way to add value when you're new is like, find a deal that that someone with experience, like Alex, you you have, what, how many, 800 units yep. or something that you, last yep. time we talked? And you're, you're, you're mostly in like, are you mostly in Vegas? Or, no, so we're, 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 we're in Savannah. We're in Georgia. We're in Florida, Houston, and now I'm going to be in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, if somebody came and had a deal and they said, Hey, Alex, I have this deal. It's in one of your markets that you really like. And I underwrote it and it pencils out, but I can't take it down myself. I don't have the network. I don't have the network. I don't have liquidity. I don't have the mm -hmm. team. But hey, I found this deal, and then you look at it and you you check it out, and it and he's right, or she's right. It pencils out. Would would you? And if you, and assuming that you, you know, got to know this person, or maybe it was somebody you knew, or even somebody that mm -hmm, you trained, mm -hmm. would you consider doing the deal with them yeah. and letting them? Get yes, a piece definitely. Of it? I think that that is the way. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. So that's a path. Like people were like, "Well, I'm new. How am I going to add value?" Well, or, or you could add value. There's there's a lot of people with, that have liquidity and mm -hmm. that worth that that have built up large businesses, but they don't have multifamily experience, so they could lend their net worth and liquidity to help you know secure the loan and the lender requirements to to get the loan. So there's a lot of different ways people can add value and be a valuable part of a of a yeah. GP team. I, I love multifamily just because you know of all the things I've ever done in my life, this allowed me to play team to the, the most. You know, and I love being around people. I love doing things in team. You know, I grew up playing basketball. I was on the basketball team in high school. And so I love I love the team part of it, you know. And so, yeah, thank you for, for shedding some light and some knowledge on that. Because there are people definitely, you know, just kind of circling around, trying to one foot in, one foot out. And I think what you said right there is is, is huge. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And so as we as we wrap up here a little bit, I just got a couple other uh, you know kind of questions around how you handle some of the things. So first question I'm going to ask is what what do you wish that you you started doing or do more of years ago? Somewhere around 2013, 2014. So we launched me and my wife. We launched our education company in 2013, and. I was very hands-on and I still am like I'm on the hands-on operator in that yeah. company. 
and, and I still am, by the way, because I love it. It lights me up. I've already shared that with you. But I was also trying to be the sole GP. And, and I was limited because I was like, okay, I'm I'm building up our event business or a mentoring business. I want to launch a mastermind that's taken up my time and energy, but I love it. And I'm putting time and energy into it. And then I'm like, I need to find deals, man. <laughs> I got to find deals and I got to analyze them. I got to make an offer. Oh my God, I have an event coming up. No, I got to pass that deal because I got I'm too busy. <laughs> and whenever I tried doing everything by myself, I, I plateaued. I so I wish I would have learned how valuable it is to be part of a GP yeah. team. You know, and and I do more deals now than ever, and I get to do the things that I do the best. And it's the same with my event team. Like I remember early, in the early days. I mean, look when you start. Sometimes you don't have the money to to hire a team too. And your 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 team in the investing arena could be co general partners, or they could be employees, or whatever. But the sooner you could get a team that complements you, the faster you could go, and the more you could expand, and the better quality of life mm -hmm. you could have. So it's not just about doing bigger deals and making more money. It's about like having a better quality of life. Like in our event business, I used to do everything. I needed to like read the contracts when we'd, you know, do an event at the hotel and I'd read all the T's and C's for the hotel. And I'm learning like all the hotel <laughs> languaging and stuff. Like I don't know this shit and I'm learning all this stuff the hard way. And then like I'm reading, I'm picking out the menus. Like in my, or my wife is picking out the menus. Like what are we going to feed everybody like beef for chicken. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I want to come in and teach. Like I want to do the deals and I want to teach people to do the deals. I want to mentor, coach, teach, deliver. I want to step on the stage and do my thing, man. I don't want to plan yeah. deals, you know? <laughs> and now we have somebody that negotiates with the hotel and plans the meals, but it, it took time a little bit because the thing is we have high standards and we want to create a certain experience at our events. And so it, like at first, you know, we did everything ourselves. Um, but the sooner you could, the sooner you could replace yourself and train people, you know, you, if you could set the standard of like, this is what a Sunrock event is, you know, this is how we do things. And then you could get people that could do them. The last few events, I'm just telling you, I showed up. I didn't do anything. I was so proud of my team. It looked beautiful. The food was amazing. The lights were incredible. The sound, the stage, the setup. I'm like, where do we even get all this stuff? Like, I didn't even know we had all these banners and stuff like that. And who who do we hire to do the sound in the AV? It's like, it looked like a Tony Robbins event. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> That's great. When's your next event? August 25th, 6th, Whoa, and 7th. In, in which Dallas, event is Texas. That? It's our Apartment Investor National Ooh. Conference. This is one that we do it once a year and we bring in a lot of speakers. We've had Grant Cardone. We've had Robert Kiyosaki. We've had Ed Bilet. We've had Jesse Itzler. And this year we're going to have, you know, we already have a few people, but I haven't announced okay, anybody yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be an outstanding event. Um, of course, I'll be one of the main speakers as well. Um, but this event, you know, changes, you know, hundreds and hundreds yeah. of lives. You know, we'll, we'll have close to a thousand people if last year is indicative of this year. And uh, and so not only will you be learning from me, but I'm going to bring in like some of the people that I have proximity yeah. to. Awesome. I can't wait for that. I'll see you over there at that one. I'll definitely be coming to that. Um, yeah. Okay, last couple questions. Um, how do you, 
want to be remembered? Well, that's a, I think about mm-hmm. that a lot, you know, as, as I have moved into my mid fifties and, you know, not having children, um, you know, I don't think about generational wealth and, and so my legacy is the people that I could impact. And that's why I love doing what I do with events and mentorships and masterminds. And so I, I want to be remembered as the guy that, you know, help somebody get started. I want to remember, be remembered as the guy that's like, hey, you know, Brad believed in me. Hey, Brad held me accountable. Hey, Brad was generous and he taught me, yes, we charge for our programs, but I want to be remembered as the guy that was like, wow, the, the value that I got compared to what I invested in Brad's program, the value was 10, 20, 30, 100x. Like it was a no-brainer. Like I'm so glad that Brad Sunrock came into my life. Or I'm so glad that somebody dragged me to a Brad Sunrock event. I didn't even know who the guy, you know how many times? We just did an event yesterday. I had 300 people in Dallas, Texas. We go on buses, we look at deals, we do networking. I had people come up to me that said, Brad, my wife dragged me here. I didn't even want to come to your event. I didn't. And then, and then you offer this mentorship program and I'm thinking, oh my God, like how much is this? And my wife's signing me up and I don't even want to be here. And I'm so glad that we're here. Like, I'm so glad that we're here and that just, you know, or, or, and then, you know, or someone that tells me that four years ago and you go, Brad, just, you know, what I've been able to do in four years, I got 800 units as a GP and 1200 as an LP and we're making X thousand a month or our net worth is five X and like, thank you for doing what you do. So like, I'm, I believe like I, I just want to do more of it, but I believe I'm already being remembered the way I want to that's be remembered. Amazing. And, and and that's why my health is important because like I don't want to just stop. You know, I'm not looking and saying, "Hey, I'm 55." I'm like, when I look at Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, you know, we we met at the Grant Cardone event. Like Grant did more in the last decade. Like if, if you think about Grant Cardone, did you know him more than 10 years ago? No, most people didn't even hear of him unless you were like in the car sales business because that's what he did. He sold, he trained people to be better uh-huh. car salesmen, you know, or he went to car dealerships and trained their sales team. And that's his, that was his core skill set was sell. And, but everything he did with real estate and 10X and Cardone Capital all happened in the last, in his social media and his ability to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. This all happened in the last yeah. decade. And since he was in his mid fifties or his early fifties. So that's what I want to do. So next level. What's that look like? Just, you know, bigger impact. It's not about them. It's never been about the money for me, but I'm not going to lie. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it's a lot better having money than oh, not for having sure. money. Yeah. And it's better having more money than less money. At <laughs> least it is for me. And and here's what I believe about money. Money just amplifies who you are. Like if you're if you're a good-hearted person, and then you make money, I don't changing into a bad yeah. person. Like if you're if you're not a good-hearted person and you have money, you, you, it amplifies who you really are. That's what awesome. I believe. So like it's always it, it's always better to have. If I have to choose, I'm going to have more money than less money. But I, but but for me, it's not about the money. It's about the yep. impact that I can make 
It's about, you know, making the world a better place, you know, and, and if I could, you know, I, I, the, the main skill set I have is, is transferring my apartment investing knowledge and framework to other people so they can make money and pay uh -huh, less right. taxes, you know, that, you know, but also the people that come into, to our community that get to know me, they know that I'm much, that, that I'm a lot deeper than just, you know, apartments. Yeah. Like, like I care about people. I care about relationships. I care about health. I care about things mm -hmm. that matter. So, um, and I also want to be remembered as a good friend. I want to be remembered as, you know, Brad touched my life in a certain way. Like he was there when I needed him. Um, you know, our team, you know, when, when, when the first lady we hired, we hired her in 2000. 13 at $12 an hour. And, you know, now she's like an executive of our company, you know, besides me and my wife, she's like the number one person on our team. And, you know, when she had twins, she asked me if she could take, I don't know, six weeks off or something without pay. She's like, Brad, I, I need six weeks. And, 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 you know, and, and she had early, uh, delivery and things got a little complicated. And, and I said, no, I said, you can't have six weeks off without pay. I said, you're going to have 12 weeks off with wow. pay. And, you know, I want to be remembered as the person that, that was generous when maybe they weren't expecting it. You know, I want to be remembered as the person that went the extra mile to over deliver. Um, I want to be remembered as the guy, as the boss that, they gave my team member more time that they asked for. Um, awesome. I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered as a guy that gave somebody a bigger bonus or a bigger raise than what he expected because he totally made, you know, did a great job. Like that's how I want to be remembered. That's amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with everyone. I hope everybody, you know, I hope this reinforced that a little bit more for you getting to say that out loud to us here on this, on this podcast. And, you know, thank you so much for your time here. You definitely made an impact in my life. There are some memories that I have of you and I, and, and it makes me laugh. It cracks me up. So I look forward to it. <laughs> well, I'm not, well, I'm not sure what those memories are, but let's talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> but okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And how do people contact you? How do they find you? I mean, the best way is my website, bradsunrock.com there's no c in my last name and i have free content you know a 97 dollar course all of our events that we do are listed there and i'm also on instagram i probably spent way too much time on it i have a company that actually does post for me now alex but i still check it myself like 17,000 <laughs> times a day so like if somebody and i have like four fake accounts that people like one of my accounts has more followers than mine. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, um, so, so mine's just, you know, B R A D S U M R O K no hyphen, no underscore, no whatever. But yeah, yeah. you know, that's, 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 that's awesome. the best way. So we'll, we'll put all the information in the description. Any last thing you want to share with people before we uh, conclude and wrap it up here? Well, I, I, that's a good question. And I would say, I'm going to bring it back to apartments. Okay. One of the biggest questions I get is, is now is a good time? And, and the answer I'm going to give you is always yes. And people might be like, yeah, but like, 
or interest rates too high or are we coming into a recession or like last year or interest like last year interest rates were so low but yeah there's so much competition or whatever and the thing is when you're committed it's it's always a good time to do something that you're committed to and and, and apartments work so you know the 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 one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in the past twenty two years is not buying more apartments. Like I don't sit back and say, "Oh gosh, I I just I did too many deals." You I know, love that. it's no, it's like if I would have done more deals, you know, I I would have been able to. I'd be making a lot more money and making That's more it. impact. So like the the key is you got to get started, and, and I know we're here in April. 16th of 2023 doing this right now and most people that are going to hear this are going to listen to it in april or may of 2023 whenever you put this out or april 20th uh -huh. or whatever it is but if somebody hears this three years from now you you still got to take the same advice as you got to yeah. get started and the best time to start was yesterday but the second best time yeah, is now and it, and it and this was true 10 years ago and it's true right now I'm going to cut, cut this clip and I'm going to send it to you and it's going to be great. You're going to have some content for your, for right. your social. But thank you so much for your time and, <laughs> and sharing all that with us. Um, yeah, we will catch you on the next one. With that, we come to the end of another powerful episode of the That Changed My Life podcast. We hope you've been deeply moved by the personal stories shared today and that they have inspired you to reflect on your own life experiences. Change can be uncomfortable and challenging, but it's often the catalyst for growth and progress. Whether it's overcoming obstacles, taking risks, or embracing new opportunities, our lives are shaped by the choices we make and the moments that leave a lasting impact. I encourage you to take these stories to heart and reflect on how they can influence your own life. What changes do you need to make to become the best version of yourself? What pivotal moments have shaped your journey so far? How can you harness the power of change to create a more fulfilling life? Thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Remember to subscribe, leave a rating and review to help us reach more listeners and share these transformative stories with others. Follow me on Instagram at AlexLovely and use hashtag ThatChangedMyLife. I look forward to bringing you more inspiring stories in next week's episode. Until then, keep embracing change striving for growth and making a positive impact in your own life. This is Alex signing off.